you have been tasked to take this little one back to his kind. This, this is, is the way. way. And this is Rebels Without a Clue. G'day guys, welcome to the episode this week. I'm Tony. And I'm Brad. And uh, how have you been, champ? How are oh, you? You know what? Pretty good considering we're out of lockdown. Yay! Yeah, we are out of lockdown, finally. So we're not living the peasant life. Yeah, we're... Currently. Um, but we're still the laughing ass end of Australia. We went from most livable to state to state to go get most fucked. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah, well, it's a nice way of pretty putting just, it. Like, it's funny how the rest of Australia would rather go to Tasmania than come to Victoria. That's all right. You can go and sleep with your cousin. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, no, it's kind of good now. We're at a point that everything's kind of calmed down a little bit. Everyone's feeling a little bit better, less aggressive, kind of doing their own thing. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, yeah, very Apart true. Apart from yourself, who is thrown back into the uh, fucking trenches. Complete and utter chaos. It is complete and utter chaos. World War Two storming the, trenches, the beach at Normandy had nothing on Tony's experience. Oh my God. Especially working in retail at the moment in a... Very, very busy shopping center. Yes. Probably one of the, the, one of the most, most yeah, the one most of the busy. most shopping centers up this side of the town. Yeah. It's um it's quite the experience. And to put it into context for people, the shopping center that Tony works at is the second largest in the southern hemisphere. Second largest. Second largest. Chadston sits at the top. In the hemisphere. In the hemisphere, bro. Woof. Yes. That's Okay. It's a bit crazy when you think like that. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. It actually is. Yeah, it's been it's fucking bedlam. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. I miss lockdown. <laughs> you do. The majority of others will disagree with you on that one. Oh, I know. They all do. Yeah. You know, they can all get fucked. <laughs> um, but yes, but more exciting news. Yes. Which I'll get to in a second, because if you haven't done so already, guys, be sure to go like and subscribe us on Anchor, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Bullhorn, Bullhorn, whatever other podcast <laughs> app you use. You can also follow us on our social medias on Instagram, Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter, Rebels Without a 1, and Facebook, Rebels Without a Clue Podcast. Also on the Generation Random Network Facebook page and Discord channel. And on YouTube. I keep forgetting that one at the end. But, but find us on YouTube. You got through it anyway. I did. You did. And I actually did it without stuttering that, like a dumb fuck. Normally when you're trying to construct a sentence, it's a fucking shambles. It is. I had good flow. And I was waiting for a Rebels Without a Plue or a yeah, Blue. Yeah, you know, I only do Rebels Without a Plue if we have a guest. That's true. You I've do. noticed that every time we have a guest, it's like I'm trying to impress them. You have a freak and out moment. Up. Yeah, absolutely. Then when no one's here, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah, so, it's bullshit. No, it's but nice. As I was before the plug, exciting stuff. Yes. That just came out, what, two days ago now? Two days. Yep. Mandalorian is back. And holy crap, we have been waiting for this since last year when we did our episode. On the wrap-up of the season. Correct. Wow. Yeah. I am so damn happy this se- this series is back. It's fucking... Ah! Like we said, uh, I think over a course of numerous episodes, there were kind of three series that dominated for yes. us. And Very Mandalorian true. absolutely was up there. It, it's Would hard you go to- as far to say as it's at the top? So we had what? Mandalorian. The Boys. The Boys. Witcher. And The Witcher. Look, 
for what me being a non Star Wars fan normally, like I'm not an avid fan of it. Yeah. But watching the Mandalorian, I would honestly say that that is the top one out of the three for me. For me, and I am an avid Star Wars fan. Honestly, I do love the Mandalorian, but Witcher, Mandalorian, boys, I've got them on the same level. I can't pick one. That's fair enough. It's like trying to get me to pick between my left testy and my right testy. I just think between... I can't because they're gone. Yeah, that's it. You're shooting dust. Let's not kid ourselves. He's testies. He can literally sit on him like one of those bounce balls that There's you nothing use. to sit on. It's bare. It, it's just... We've been through this. I'm like a Ken doll. There's nothing there. Yeah. It's yeah. just a mound of flesh. You That's say disgusting, fl- you isn't say it? You say flesh in a very unappealing, yeah. cannibalistic way. Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah. It threw me off. It made me uncomfortable. And yeah. I'm not going to be a millennial saying I'm triggered by it. You are triggered by it. But no, it fucking you? creeped me out. Mm. <laughs> you pig. You're a pig. <laughs> but yeah, no. But yeah, I can't choose. It's, I honestly it, can't choose. But this this series is definitely one I hold close to the chest. It's yeah, a of great course. Series. And I think, you know, for, especially for the listeners who aren't keen Star Wars fans, like I can vouch for you when I say that if this is a sort of series that you can watch as just its own kind of installment, yeah. like it's brilliant in terms of the way the story is constructed. But I'm not going to go into it too much just yeah. yet because because we went through all of this sort of discussion in the Mandalorian episode we did prior. Yeah. So we did one last year. So you can get our thoughts on that episode if if you want to have a listen. But we went through very quickly on the whole thing that you don't have to be a Star Wars fan to enjoy the Mandalorian. It's a great story just on its own. It absolutely is, and I think you know for me when I I'm kind of watching series and movies now. I don't just watch it for the entertainment value. There's so many other components that I look at when we do watch it. Like, you know, how I was saying to you last night about the scenery. And then you asked about the scenery, where is it from? And the fact that they're doing all this shit in a studio kind of blows my mind. Yeah. Not to mention the the outfits are yep. incredible. Yeah. Costume department's fucking Casting, incredible. Yep. That it's And then you got to think, the writing of this series. And again, they stuck to mostly... Um, majority of, let's say, the creatures... Well, some of the creatures were done by CG. Yeah. Um, but still sticking to a lot of them being with either prosthetics or animatronics. Like, keeping it as real as possible, which I love. And I think, you know, essentially, when you look at the really... Like, I know, for example, with what they did with It and Pennywise... Yeah. They lost me when they started doing CGI Pennywise. Yeah. you got to keep the real characters. It yeah. just gives so much more authenticity. Jurassic Park. There you go. That's why they use animatronics. Exactly right. And that's why Jurassic Park will always stand the test of time as the best one because of the use of animatronics. Yeah. But the thing I love about The Mandalorian is just in general, it's, you can, you don't have to look at it as a Star Wars series. You look at it as, the best way I can describe it is a space western. Honestly, yeah. It's a good description because based off kind of the towns that they go to and it definitely is filmed in that vibe. Yeah. And like, you know, we watched a review not re- oh, just recently, and they were saying that it has a spaghetti western feel when obviously Mando enters that town. So yeah. once you start watching it, like I said, you know, you'll start getting a picture that you don't need to have an incredibly deep, thorough Star Wars background understanding. And I think that's for people who think that like Star Wars is all for nerds. And yes, shit, it's not. Right? This is not. Okay, I don't want to sound sexist here, but I know a lot of females like hear Star Wars and then instantly turned off. Like, oh, Star Wars, yuck, right? Yeah. I've heard it too many times. 
But I swear to God, if you watch this and you don't coo over Baby Yoda, you're not human. That should be enough of a trigger point for anyone 100%. to watch. He's a he's fucking adorable. And like we're saying that as two grown men, but I could sit and watch, you know, uh, literally an hour of just Baby Yoda. Yeah, that's how I feel about him. He's yeah. he's fucking adorable. Yeah. I want to eat him. <laughs> you want to eat him? Slightly creepy. Heading back to the flesh word that you Green, used. Wrinkly, hairy little ball of. He's a, literally a ball sack. With hair. But, but it's an but old it's, man's ball sack. But, it's, but he's cute. But it is cute. And yeah. so that's why I'm not going to eat him. Yeah. Not that I'm really ever going to get the opportunity to no. eat him, but let's move no. on from that. But yeah, so, okay. So we've just been graced with the first installment of season two. Yep. Now, the one thing I'm going to start off with, and the one thing I love about this first episode, is that they've gone from not being season two, episode one, they've gone into it being chapter nine. Yeah. So it's just continuing on from where we left off, which is Fucking fantastic. I love that. It only makes sense that they do that because the way season one finished, just it left so much there for that next episode to pick up where it left off. Yeah, but you know that a lot of series that do that sort of stuff, they still have that kind of that fear where it's like season two, episode one. It's like it's starting something new. Yes, right? correct. This felt like it was starting something new, but it was still just continuing on from where they left off. Yeah, it, it felt like as much as time had passed, it felt like there was no gap. Yeah. Well, the thing is that barely any time passed. Well, how, wait, how long between seasons? What do you mean? Like season one came out when? When did we watch it? Pretty sure it was last year. So about a year, let's say. Yeah. Okay. So the fact that they've gone and had a year break, but were still able to pick up with that first episode, like I hadn't skipped any time at all, yeah. and I just continue on watching. That was impressive. And I think the good thing that they did at the start of the episode was do the quick recap yeah. of what happened in the last in the season finale yeah. of season one, just to sort of get you quickly caught up, so you didn't have to go and rewatch the first season, even mm-hmm. though I would recommend to it anyway. Um, but at least you get the quick recap. Like, you filled in, all right, cool, I know where we are, let's go. Yeah. And th- that's kind of what set me off, like, that first scene in the episode, and I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad this is back. Like, yeah. I was just so excited to sit there and see him roll in. I'm just like, God. And, like, his armor is fucking oh, amazing. Man, that armor. But I still lose, I still, you heard me when we were watching it, I still lose my shit every time I see the Mudhorn sigil on his shoulder. Yeah. Oh, so fucking cool. It's hard not to be impressed by the attention to detail. And that, I think that's what I noticed with the second season, that they've really looked at, you know, when you see, when you watch a movie or a series, there's always kind of the little things in the background or stuff-ups or things that you kind of bypass and go, oh, why'd they do that? Or that, uh, that, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Everything about this has been thought out. Yeah. Really critically to make sure it ties in perfectly. And and it's credit to John Favreau. I mean, he's helming the project and you can tell that it's that he's doing so because he's such a big Star Wars fan. Mm. You know that the attention to detail is there. Yeah. And I feel like it's a real strict kind of process that he would go through. Yeah. In not just the writing, but how it, he wants it filmed. Yeah. Because there's nothing different about how season one filmed it to how this one was. Yeah. It, it, you know, even the backing track, the sounds, yeah. everything just flowed. Yeah. It, it was amazing. I did notice a little bit of an improvement in this CGI aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was an improvement. You could tell the graphics got a bit better. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course, it got a, but you know got a bigger budget. Well, that's so, what I was going to say, cool. yeah. Um, that's fine. But that entrance, the opening scene where he's walking into the... the the city, it's dark. Yeah. You got, like, well, you see the first Easter egg of the whole episode. You see, basically, I guess, like, they're like wild Jawas. Yeah. From the, from kind the looks of. of it. 
Like, you can't tell if they're, like, they've got the Jawa eyes. Yeah. Right? Which is the red eyes, if anyone just needs clarification on that. Yeah. So, you see all these things sort of in the background, but they're staying away from the light, and he's just walking through like, he doesn't give a flying fuck. Like, he doesn't fear nothing. No. Absolutely nothing. But I suppose when you've got the skills set that he does, why would you fear anything? And then you're seeing, like, the little sort of, little baby carriage pod following him along and you see little Yoda's head sort of popping and out. his little baby hands yeah oh, God. and he's still like a little like a little bit scared seeing the eyes like Aww. yeah yeah but even when before that fight kicked off when he shuts the pod like he knows what's coming so he decides yeah. to shut the pod so he gets in the, so he gets into this like he's going to see some I can't remember the guy's name I don't know the, but whoever the, the it was Cyclops dude yeah he's played yeah. by John Leguizamo voiced, voiced by John voiced. Leguizamo um yeah, so he goes into this kind of like this fight club arena. Yes. And um and you've got a couple of I can't remember the alien race's name, but it's like the like the, the pig people from you know Return of the Jedi. They remind me of. Do you remember Bebop and Rocksteady? Yeah. Looks exactly like Yeah, them. it looks like Bebop. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got two of them fighting in an arena and a little Easter egg here. Um they're fighting with axes against each other, but as they're hitting, it's sort of like Letting off a bit of a force hit. Like a blue glow. Like a blue glow hit. And from just looking into it a bit more and doing research, that's actually a bit of an homage to the old Knights of the Republic game where in training simulations, that's how the weapons would hit. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice little, so just like, here you go. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was cool. That was cool. I liked that. No, that was, that was impressive. But, but like looking at that whole scene as a whole, it kind of showcased, what's his name? Mando's skill set. Yeah. Straight from the get-go. That fight sequence, you know, when he popped out the blade, that was just like, oh, you're a fucking boss. First, he used the, um, what were they called? The little the little missiles? Yeah. I, what are they called again? The, the oh, I can't Yeah, remember. it doesn't matter. Anyways, you, so basically, if if anyone's seen this series, you know you don't cross, you don't double-cross Mando. No. Right? He's prepared for anything. Yeah, so he tries to double-cross him, gets fucked over by, like, how many, were there like a bunch of, there was like five, five. five of them? Yeah. Five um, holding guns to his head. Yeah, so he uses his missiles to disarm them all. The guy try, well, starts to run away, so his goons start getting on him. And he starts fighting them, but I love the way he's fighting them because he's not only using his own fighting techniques, but he's using his armor as a weapon. Yeah, yeah. So, like, a guy goes to throw a punch at him, but he kind of puts his head to the guy's fist because of his yeah. metal helmet yeah. and fucking destroys the guy's hands. And fucking mad. Like what we just found out about one of the other Easter eggs that was a part of this was one of the actual guys that he ends up fighting, if you haven't taken note or if you've already watched the episode, he has the horns on his yes. head. Which, obviously, if anyone's a Star Wars fan, knows where that leads back to. Yes, so, which, that's, so that's a race known as the Zabarak, yep. um, which is the same race uh, that Darth Maul is. Yes. And so that was a cool little kind of tick. There you go. Absolutely. When Darth Maul's my favorite character. There you go. Fuck yes. Yeah. And I'm surprised, like, I didn't notice it on the first watch. No, I think I was too focused on Mando damaging cunts. Yeah. Like, up and fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) No one would have been able to see what I just did with my hands, but it was kind of like me thrusting my hand through a vagina going, fuck you. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. It was a fisting. It was a deep fisting. Mando deep fisted people. It's the only way to sum it up. Jesus. He ruined people. But yeah, then he kind of goes out of the club, chases down the guy, uses his like the, almost like a mini harpoon. Yeah. The thing that he's got on his- what? Mini harpoon. Mini harpoon. The uh, the way you said it, 
You sounded right? like the way it would have shot out. <laughs> um, but yeah, wraps around his legs, brings him back, ties him up to this lamppost, sort of pulls him up, does the questioning, promises yeah. not to kill him. Yeah. Right? But doesn't cut him down. No. Leaves is- him hanging. Yeah. Shoots out the light. Yeah. And which just, what hides in which the just darkness? just goes back to the whole like, okay, he might be like trying to find this kid's family and we've seen the lighter side of him, mm. but it's still showing how brutal he is. He is. Like, there's no fucking around with no this No remorse, guy. does not give a fuck and will end you if he needs to, but he does everything really measured. Yeah. There's never an uncalculated response with Mando. Like, yeah. That's just kind of the way he is, which yeah. I love. Yeah. I love. Um, what were the other scenes that kind of really tickled your fancy? And, um, oh, before we yeah, go yeah. forward, um, when he's questioning that guy, yeah. um, he go like, the guy says to him, like, trying, obviously, he's trying to get Mando to not fuck him up. Like, fuck him up. Yeah. He goes, I swear by the Katra. Now, looking at it again, again, doing the research for those Star Wars nerds out there, the Katra does refer to a group of droids back in the Clone Wars that actually stood up for droid rights. Okay. Um, which, that's, a an- again, another nice little Easter egg that, if you didn't know too much about Star Wars lore, you wouldn't have picked it up. Um, but if you know your if you know your shit, you'd be like, "That's cool." Yeah, well, yeah. I did not have the faint. And even when Tony was doing the research and writing this stuff down, I was like, "Cartwright sounds like a fucking new vacuum." But moving on, yeah. Um, <laughs> and again, one of those other little Easter eggs that I thought was. I don't even think I'd call it an Easter egg because I think it's grasping at straws. Which to be one? Honest. How uh, a few of the peeps on on the net were going on about the graffiti in the town. Oh, looking way too much into yeah, that. That, it was that way was way too much. Look, like, there, there's kind of you know really vague symbolism on some of the images and interpreting of potential writings mm-hmm. on the walls, but. Honestly, there's no point in actually telling you guys because there's no. It really holds no relevance to what we're discussing. No, no. So, so he ends up making his way back to Tatooine mm-hmm. for the second time. Um, goes to the same dockyard from season one where he where he met the the, the dockyard owner, the, yeah, the, the mechanic. Chick. Yeah, the mechanic who ended up looking after the baby. She's a mad bitch, by the way. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love that it's like, they kind of reprised her role. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. And we see, again, the next Easter egg, which is um, she calls out a droid to come and show um, them a map of Tatooine because mm-hmm. he's looking for the town Mos Pelgo. And the droid that comes out, for those who love the original trilogy, is actually R5, which was the droid that Luke was about to buy with, with his uncle before... R2 intervened. Boom. That's some serious shit right there. And like, I think it was kind of cool, like when we were watching that video, that they, this is what I pointed out before about the attention to detail when on the back of R5, there is that like burnout mark. mark. Yeah, Yeah. from where he kind of short circuited. Exactly. So, you know, the fact that they're looking into it that heavily and holding true to Star Wars, you know, storylines, like it's it's just brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, that was cool. Um, so she's showing him the map because the town of uh, Mos Pelgo isn't showing up on the map of Tatooine. Correct. Because according to uh, what happened during, like the, I think it was the fall of the Empire, uh, basically the town got overridden by bandits and shit. Miners, just sort the of mining like, crew just fell as off well. the map, yeah. right? And like maybe this is a bit of a grasping of straws moment again, mm-hmm. um, but I do like the link that it kind of like alludes to the fact that they can't find Mos Palgo is similar to how Obi-Wan couldn't find the uh, the, the little settlement of Kamino mm-hmm. in Attack of the Clones where the clones were made. Okay. 
So it's kind of that link there that you can't find this and you can't find this. Who knows? It might actually connect to them going back to Camino to find the source of who knows? Fed or whoever. Who knows? Exactly. You never know. That was a cool little sort of insight there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he ends up taking the speeder bike again. Fucking cool as shit. I yep. love how he goes, hey, like when he's talking to she goes, you still got that speeder bike? She's like, yeah, it's rusty, but I've still got it here yeah, for you. Yeah. Like, all right, he's going to look like a sick cunt again on a speeder. That's mad. Especially when rolling into town on that speeder bike. Yeah. He just looks like a boss. Yeah. So he rolls into the Moss Palgo after finding it. And it's like, it literally is set up like, again, like an old Western town, but mm-hmm. sci-fi. Sci-fi. Yeah, futuristic feel to it. Yeah, mm. which was really cool. And... Sneaky little appearance. Like, I didn't notice it again. I didn't notice it until doing the review. It, it, it was too hard to actually gauge that that was him because he just completely different. Yeah, so one of the townsfolk that he kind of, like, almost kind of glares at him is um uh, is Sam Whitmore. Mm-hmm. Now, for those who don't know Sam Whitmore, um, he did the voice of Darth Maul in the Clone Wars series. And he was also the the actor who did the mocap for Starkiller in Star Wars Force Unleashed. There we go. So he's a huge Star Wars fan, clearly. Um, so it was cool to have just that little tidbit in there. And who knows, like, maybe I'm reading a bit too much into this, but maybe, who knows, they might incorporate, they could possibly incorporate Starkiller into this. This That would be really cool. Yeah, there, there's a lot of potential to incorporate characters and, you know, old places that need to be potentially revisited. So yeah, I but I love that there's a possibility they could pull it from so many different aspects, not from just the games and the comics. Mm. Uh, sorry, not from just the movies and the comics, but from the games as well. Oh, like, that's course. really cool. Yeah, 100%. Because it's such an expanded universe. You could add so much shit into it. So very cool. Yeah. So ends up in the town because apparently a Mandalorian lives in that town, goes into this bar asking about him and is getting told about the marshal. Next minute... Guy walks into the door of the bar, wearing does, does the cool sort of shot where it starts at the feet and then slowly pans up. And what's this guy wearing? Boba Fett's armor. Holy fuck! Mm-hmm. And for those uh, who haven't watched it yet, the Marshal is actually played by Timothy Oliphant, so who I am a big fan of. Yeah, I mean he he has that reoccurring role as like. A town deputy or sheriff. He's got a swagger about him, which kind of ties in with that kind of role. So I think they've cast that pretty well. That was good casting. But I think the more important thing is that it wasn't armor to look like Boba Fett's armor. It was Boba Fett's armor, even to the point where it had the bullet hole in the helmet. It had the it had like a, a little patch of metal melted on the backpack from when he got hit by Han in Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and it sent his fucking jetpack off flying, which was really really cool. So. Um, that was sick, and because before he kind of takes the helmet off, you think that this might be another Mandalorian. Absolutely, right? But the instant he took his helmet off, you're like, nah, that's not a Mandalorian. No, no, straight away. <laughs> but like looking at the way he looked initially, yes, he had Boba Fett's armor on, but I just didn't feel like it was a Mando for the fact that if you have a look back at in season one where there was a scene full of all of them, you know, in that big battle, yeah, they all looked like proper Mandalorians. He looked like he'd scrapped armor together. I don't think it was that. I think it more so with with him wearing Boba Fett's armor. It looked like the armor was too big for him. Like you know when a little but kid yeah, puts it on. Didn't, it didn't. Remember fit when, right. when you were a little kid and you put on your dad's clothes or you put on your big brother's clothes yeah, and they were yeah. way too big for yeah. you. That's what it looked like. To <laughs> okay. Okay. So it looked like it didn't fit his body. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, okay, this is interesting. Where's this leading? It's just like, how the fuck did they get that armor out of the sarlacc? Yeah. Yeah. 
Because Which if th- you've watched the original trilogy, you know that Boba Fett, well died by being eaten by a sarlacc, which is like a giant sand monster, really. Mm. A sand dragon. Oh, yeah. Look like let's it say, anyway. Let's say a sand dragon. So you're kind of like, okay, what's going on here? Like, this doesn't seem right. So anyways, they have their discussion like, ah, uh, Mando obviously sticking to the Mandalorian Creed wants the armor back because mm-hmm. it doesn't belong to the, well, Marshall. Let's Correct. just call it Marshall. Yeah. So they end up making a deal that, there's this um this sand dragon that plagues their town and like and destroys all the crops and eats their livestock, livestock and all yeah. that sort of shit. So yeah. He's like, we need to kill this thing. How about if you help me kill this thing, I'll give you the armor back. Yeah. So they and basically set up a wager. Yeah. So off they ride into the desert to go to the to basically the the cave of the crate dragon, mm-hmm. which that's the creature that's destroying the town. Now the cool thing about the crate dragon is that it basically it's like it swims through the sand. Yeah. That was that was actually really cool animation. Like you didn't even see the thing; you just sort of sort the of ripples, ripples through, through the through sand, the sand yeah. until it finally jumped out and ate like this. I don't even know what the an like, overgrown slash. It looked like an alien yak. mammoth. It looked like an alien yak. Yeah, it was, it was just yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, it ate this thing like in like it was basically like a little fucking hors d'oeuvre. Hors d'oeuvre. Yeah, so that was cool. So then they get to the pit and you can already see Mando's gears ticking in his hand, mm-hmm. like how he's going to do this. So he devises a plan to get help from the Sand Raiders. Mm-hmm. So we're getting the Tuscan Raiders back in. <laughs> All right, we're stupid. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the Sand Raiders are back and obviously Mando, being a man of many talents, can communicate with these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Now, apparently, between Marshallstown and the Sand and the Tuscan Raiders, they've got bad blood because the Tuscan Raiders have invaded their village and they've increased their land and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, so he basically devises them to have a somewhat peace treaty. Yeah, because the Tuscan together. Raiders want the Crate Dragon dead as well. Yes, so common cause. Exactly. So he unites them under a common cause, so they join up to kill the Crate Dragon. Mm-hmm. So they decide to blow it up with a bunch of explosives. Yes. So. They go to the they so the plan sets in motion. Off they go, setting it up. So they've dug trenches, put the bombs in there. Uh, the Tuscan Raiders set up these like these giant javelin crossbows to, yeah, kind of, to, pin it, to help pin it down. Yeah, yeah. So, like, did you like the cool little bit? Like, I felt bad for the fucking one dude that they send out to call the dragon, like to kind of get the dragon's attention. It was a suicide mission. Legit, the fucking thing comes up. God. Like, I would have actually liked to have seen the process that they went through in order to select him. That poor bastard knowing he was going to his death. (laughs) It was funny how he kind of, he took the yak there originally to call it out. The cunt fool didn't even acknowledge the yak and just went straight for the Tusker Raider. And he's even smaller (laughs) than an hors (laughs) d'oeuvre. Like, So he's a fart. Yes, he is a fart. Okay. Okay. He's a fart. He's a fart. He's not an order. He's a fart. fart. Okay. Yes, fart indeed. <laughs> yeah, so the battle begins. Ensues. Yep, pretty much. They're trying to get the dragon to come out at a certain distance where they've buried the bombs to blow him up from underneath because apparently that's where he's most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Great sacrifices ensue. Obviously, the, the bombs don't work. So... What does Mando do best? He improvises on the spot. He intervenes. Yeah. So he basically, and I love again, the little tidbit back to, to what's it called? 
Ah, uh, shit, what am I trying to say again? The the scene in Return of the Jedi with Han when he hits Boba Fett's backpack. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mando does the same thing to the, to Marshall and sends him off flying because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to get him involved in this fight that he's about to do. So Mando gets the thing's attention, basically stands with this weird yak thing to be eaten by the Kray Dragon, mm-hmm. right? But before that, I can't, I missed out on this part. Okay. Where the Kray Dragon spraying the acid. acid. Yeah. Okay, I didn't see. The, I don't know about you. But I didn't see the acid coming. I did because it was burning the people. Yeah, but before it even started to spit it out, I didn't notice that. Oh, okay. Like, well, I didn't. See, I didn't kind of think that that was going to happen. No, I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't think it was. Gonna I was be thinking like of a maybe some Mortal sort Kombat of move. I was thinking for maybe like maybe fire or some sort of like real big gust of wind or something. I wasn't expecting acid. Mm, yeah, no, I get you. But I understand like in terms of the anatomy of that actual creature, it had a massive fucking belly. Mm. So I just think, you know, maybe the guttural workings of that fucking creature was producing acid, acidic stomach. Yeah. Maybe it had Crohn's disease. <laughs> Are you saying you're a Kray Dragon? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I am. Brad the Kray Dragon. <laughs> That sounds like a good title to a children's book. It does, it does. And like, but I'd shit myself instead. So would you projectile acid or would you projectile poo? Poo. Oh, okay. I don't know why I had to emphasize poo you so really much. You really emphasize that. That's as much you, as you emphasize you the flesh. You put feeling into that. Yeah, yeah. but so it's like poo. Fle- what about this? What about this? This is a bad combination. Fleshy poo. Fleshy poo. <laughs> yep, yep. Fuck. I know that that's a massive sidetrack moment. A little bit, yeah. Just okay, this is <coughs> moving on. Um, yeah, so he gets eaten up by the the crate dragon and proceeds to blow it up from the inside. Mad cunt. It Just does straight and that up. Scene, mad cunt. That, that but, explosion was sick. But the cool part is that he got swallowed, but then shocked the dragon from the inside so he could fly out of yeah. its mouth and then blew it up. Yeah. What a fucking mag! Because I thought he was going to get himself in there, set the charges off, like, and then work his. Well, I thought they were going to show like an inside of him and like him getting away from where he'd planted the explosives inside the stomach to get to like the tail area. Mm-hmm. So when it exploded, that he was standing there like you know, like a boss, yeah. and just dripping in the fucking gunk. I honestly thought that he was going to like either cut or shoot his way out of the of the body and then set off the bombs. How would he cut? He's got shit on him. Okay, yeah, continue. But, uh, that's what I thought he was going to do. Okay, but uh, but then again, I'm still happy with the way that they did it. Anyway. Oh, they I did it, it was brilliant. Cool as fuck. Yeah, uh, especially when you're seeing him fly out as he's shocking it from the inside, you're seeing like all the like electricity flow on the inside. Yeah. That was really cool. It did look good. Very very cool shot. Yeah. So yeah, destroys it. Everyone's happy. The fucking the Tuscan Raiders are kind of pretty much taking the carcass apart for meat and whatever, and then they take the they take the crate pearl out. Okay. Apparently, and which is like a very what a crate pearl is. I don't know much about it, but from what I understand, it was a it was a rare item that you could get of in the high old, value in the old Republic game, mm-hmm. which pretty cool. Again, another nice little, little throwback. Kind of, yeah, little uh, tip of the hat. So that was cool. So he gets the armor back again, and pretty much that's that, that's the end that. of the episode, yeah. right? But this is then probably the, the most crucial big, scene. Fucking, oh my God, moment of the whole episode. Absolutely. You get the shot of a guy looking into the sunset as Mando drives off. Yep. You don't, he's just a black silhouette. You don't get any Bald head yet. on his back. He's got the Tuscan Raider weapons. So he's got the rifle and the staff. Yep. Turns around, 
And who is it? Moira Morrison as Boba Fett. Fett. Boba Fett is fucking alive. He's back. Holy crap. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Mm, No no. one would even have thought for a second that Boba Fett was alive. And, you know, this begs the question, comes back to another Easter egg regarding this moment, because season one, we did have that person who was never essentially revealed that walked up to that girl's body. Finnick Shan. Finnick Shan, yes. Walking up to her, but... Like I said, we never got an inkling of actually who it was. Me and you had... Suspicions. We had suspicions. Yes. We thought, or I thought, that it was going to be Darth Maul. That's what I was hoping for, but... Yeah. Because there was the rumblings that Darth Maul might make an appearance in the Mandalorian. But it's possible because one of the guys that we were looking... Or one of the guys we were watching on YouTube of the um, of the review said that you could hear... As he was walking, you could hear kind of like spurs as yes. he was walking. And then if you watch the scene where like this person is walking up to Phoenix Shan, there's Spurs as well. Correct. So we're thinking possibly, could that have been Boba Fett? And what the fuck is he up to? Yes. So he's obviously overseeing what Mando's doing at the moment. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. And it also alludes to the fact, because he had the, the Tuscan Raider gear on his back, is it also sort of alluding to the fact that Boba had been living on Tatooine and living with the Tusken Raiders and hiding amongst them this whole fucking time. And it's interesting because one of the guys in the reviews that we did watch made a point in saying that in one of the scenes where Mando's sitting with them and talking, that there is one that's kind of sitting back as an outcast, just kind of observing what's actually unfolding. Even the way he's sitting, he looks apprehensive, or even like on guard. And based off kind of what we gathered at the end, and with the kind of connecting of the dots, it kind of alludes to the possibility, and I say with absolute scarcity, that that have, might have been Boba Fett sitting with him. Yeah. So who knows? Which who knows? That would be cool. If they tie it in, they tie it in. But yeah. it's an impressive attention to detail. But it, if leaves, they do. it leaves you with so many questions like, what's he up to? Yeah. What role is he going to play in this expanded universe? What's going to happen now? Because obviously we know what Mando's trying to do. He's trying to find hints to, as to where this, where the kid belongs. Yes. Well, that's all he's trying to do right now. So where to next? What, who's he trying to find? Who's going to have the answers for it? And who knows? Maybe Boba Fett plays into this for that. I've got a feeling he's going to. I, I think he's going to play a significant part. Question is, look, all right, so what do you think? Do you think that... Boba Fett's going to be on, like, he's going to be an ally to Mando, or is he going to be a villain? I think what they'll initially portray it as is uh, quite an extensive confrontation period between them two, mm-hmm. and without Mando fully knowing the extent of who that person is. So he'll play his cards from the shadows. Yeah. But I think over time, once they have that kind of an initial meeting, the way it, it's going to change. So I think Boba Fett will essentially be an ally. But like I said, it's going to go through a pretty significant transitional period where Boba comes across as, I suppose, a villain yeah. and then works into a role which they will be an ally. And so essentially what the girl was from season one, where, you know, when you see them fighting and all that kind of situation, and then she ends up being a super ally to him. Yeah. So I reckon they will team up at some point. Yeah. Um, for some sort of common cause, let's hypothetically say. Yeah. But it will get to that stage where they will unite. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you on yeah. that. I reckon that sounds pretty spot on. But also, like, you got the recap at the start of the episode. And we've got to like, remember, Darth Gideon's still out there. Uh, Darth Gideon. Oh, the guy with the black The guy saber. with the black saber. Yeah. He's still out there. Exactly. When's he making his reappearance? Yeah, well, they've, how many episodes were announced for this? Eight again. Okay, so they're an hour long, yeah. but they weave in so much story into these hour episodes. Oh, yeah. So I feel like that if Favreau's at the helm again, I'm not worried about where this direction's going or what they're going to do because... Based off what I saw with season one, they've got that comprehensively covered. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, next episode, it's called The Confrontation. So, who knows? Maybe second episode, we're going to have it pretty soon. Maybe we're going to get that confrontation between Mando and Boba. Yeah, maybe I've predicted it. Who knows? It. Maybe I'm a fucking... Maybe is Boba going to give him the information about, you know, maybe the, the wider universe and more about... Because he still thinks as the Jedi as like mystical wizard sort of beings. Yeah. Right, he doesn't really know what the what the Jedi are. Maybe is it Boba that gives him all this information and could possibly allude to what race Baby Yoda is? Yeah, and and that's essentially you know Mando's goal at the end of the day. So yeah, this could feed in nicely. Yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to find out where they go from here because fuck, it's big. Fuck, it's big. It's going to be fuck. We're up for one hell of a ride this season. Absolutely, it's going to be fucking. Killer. Yeah. I can't wait for more. Oh, 100%. I cannot wait for more. It's exciting. So, yeah, there we go. First episode of season two of Mandalorian. Yes. And go. if you haven't watched it, then make sure you get season one out of the way as quick as you possibly can because, honestly, like I said at the start, this is not a series that I said, you know, ties too heavily into the Star Wars world yep. that you can kind of watch it on its own and enjoy it for what it is. Yep. So either get yourself a subscription to Disney Plus or hijack a mate who's also got Disney Plus and use their account to watch it because it is well worth it. Yes. So I get agree. your fucking asses on it. And speaking of subscribing, if you haven't done so already, guys, be sure to go like and subscribe us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Bullhorn. Bullhorn. And um, whatever other podcast platform you use. You can also follow us on our social medias on Instagram, Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter, Rebels Without a 1, Facebook, Rebels Without a Clue podcast, Generation Random Network Facebook page, Generation Random Network Discord channel, and also Rebels Without a Clue podcast on YouTube. And I must say, for that little transition part, you like the that? word of the day is called Segway. Thank you. There we go. I think I, I think I got the Segways done pretty well. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. I'm that proud of nice. myself. Yeah, no, I you should I think be. I did all right. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, for, for as fried as my brain is... Yeah, I think yeah. I did okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't a stuttering dog. No, not not too much today. No, there no. were moments, but you you got through them. I did. Yes. Thanks, man. Yeah. No, no problems. I didn't pick up on them. I don't think they were that <laughs> substantial, but <laughs> yeah. maybe they were. Yeah, maybe they were. But, but I um, suppose. But yeah. So what we'll, what we've got planned, guys, um, is we'll probably. We'll probably give Mando a couple of episodes before we do our next podcast episode on it. Yeah. Um. So we'll kind of do like two episodes per hour one episode. Yeah. If you that get sounds me. good. Um. So we'll probably end up doing that. So next episode we'll probably have a different topic in general. Um. So stay tuned. Um. If you haven't done so already, guys, get in contact with us on the Facebook channels, on the, our Instagram pages. Um. Shout out to oh, what was her name? I'll get it. I'll uh, get hold it. on. Bear with us, guys. Um, because we've have had a new fan get in contact with us and actually talk to us, which has been a hell of a lot of fun. From my understanding, her name is Annie. 
Annie. So shout out Annie, absolute legend. Keep listening, keep fucking commenting and talking to us. It's it's always fun to hear feedback. Yes, and, and maybe sometime, and maybe sometime in the near future, if you would be up for it, you could come and be a part of the episode. Possibly. You choose Possibly. a topic, and we'll get you on. Maybe we might have to have some sort of I know competition of some sort for people to get onto the show. Absolutely, I think you know, coming out of lockdown now, who knows? Why not? Nice. Might be able to work something out. That's we'll, it. We'll see how we go. Yep. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I guess until next time, guys. Fucking da da.